0: I've got a lot of notes this morning as we dive into the word of the year. So text the word notes to 59090 and everything that's in front of me will be sent to you. As we get started, I want to give you a warning. Can I pastor you for a moment? There's going to be a lot of pastoring moments today. So I'm just going to ask you, can I just pastor you through the whole sermon? Good. What were you going to say, right? No. But this morning, as we deliver the word of the year, this word is foundational to the rest of the year for Mercy Culture. This Sunday and next Sunday. Next Sunday, I'm going to be delivering Reformation Part 2, a word for Waco. But this morning, we're delivering. I'm delivering the word of the year over Mercy Culture here in Waco. And Pastor Landon in our Fort Worth campus is delivering it. And it will be in Dallas at our Dallas campus in MC Espanol tonight. As we all have been praying into this message since August of last year and asking the Holy Spirit what his heart is for 2024. But this is a word for people who are planted in the house of the Lord. When you are planted in God's house, you spiritually grow. This is a word for people that are in this house that are members of this house, if you are a visitor this morning, receive the word of the Lord. But I want to encourage you, don't church hop, find a place to be planted. You see, we live in a culture today that everything that we have is curated to us. And some of those things are wonderful. You, there's more customization today than probably ever in human history. You can customize every experience that you could possibly want. You don't even watch TV the way everybody else watches TV. You get to customize what shows you're going to watch and when you watch them. My kids were in amazement when I was telling them when we used to watch television, we had to schedule. Like my show is coming on tonight at 7 p.m. We got to be home, seven, or 8, 7 Central. Y'all remember that? Some of y'all are way too young. Like, what are you talking about? No, we actually had to like come home. The finale's coming on. But now we customize everything. And that's beautiful. There's sometimes, I love it. I love being able to customize and choose what I want. But that culture has crept into the way that we obey the Lord. And a lot of people choose their church based on what makes them feel the best. Who has the right temperature? (laughs) Welcome to the tent. We'll get in that in a moment. Praise God. Who has the right temperature? What children's ministry's got the biggest slides? Oh, they got an amusement park down the road. I'm going to go there. And I didn't really like what the pastor preached last Sunday. So I'm going to go to the place that makes me feel the best and makes my flesh come alive and makes me feel the, the greatest about myself. Instead of stopping and asking the Holy Spirit, where have you called me to be planted? Not what do I want, but what do you want? You know, where God has called you to be planted and discipled is the place that he has called you to plant and then die. Because no seed grows without first dying. There's no sprout unless the seed is broken. And the life of the believer is the life of death. Ah. It's the life of dying to our flesh so that the the Lord Jesus can come alive on the inside of us. So ask the Holy Spirit, where have you called me to be planted? Psalms 92.13 says, they are planted in the house of the Lord and they flourish in the courts of our God. So many people are bouncing from place to place and ministry to ministry looking for somebody else to give them the word that they want. Not the word that they need, but the word that they want. Let me find a place that somebody can tell me what makes me feel the best instead of deciding I'm planted where God has called me and I'm going to allow myself to grow roots because if you do not grow roots and you are not planted you miss out on the most important part of the body of Christ and that is spiritual growth see spiritual growth is a journey it's not a destination It's something that we do every single day. When you're not planted and committed to a church, you miss the opportunities for spiritual growth. At Mercy Culture, every time anybody in this house touches a mic, Every time that we speak at spiritual leadership school or leading a staff meeting or preaching a message or hosting a service or leading a worship team or leading a huddle with our serve team before or after service, the goal is that you would spiritually grow, not that you would be impressed by this sermon, not that we can turn a phrase and coin a quote that tickles your ears and impresses you and pleases the people but know that you would spiritually grow and we have gone before the lord and asked the lord what is the journey of spiritual growth for the people of mercy culture this year if you guys would put that up on the screen the timeline for this year we've planned out the year the first in the the year of reformation is reforming you Reforming you through holiness, personal holiness. Reforming your family, your finances. A series on the abominations or the things that God hates. We're going to teach a message on women in ministry. I know this is Waco. I know this is the Baptist Mecca. I know there's a little confusion. Some people are like, no, women can't be doing that. And some people are all about it. But we're going to teach a message on women in ministry. We're going to have a summer of serving. And we're going to teach on favor forever. And I want you to imagine this spiritual journey with the Lord and you partaking in it. Uh, Imagine if you got really into a sermon. I mean, not a sermon. uh, Really into a television series that you loved, but you only watched three of the episodes for the whole season. What would happen, you would be lost. You wouldn't understand what's going on, but a lot of people treat their church in this sort of a la carte way. I'm gonna come and pick out just what I want and I'm gonna leave the rest of it. No, I wanna encourage you this year to make a decision to be here, to be planted, and to spiritually grow in 2024, amen? Before we begin this morning, I just want us to take a moment and posture our heart to receive the prophetic release of the word of the year this year. This isn't simply something that we just made up. At Mercy Culture, we don't just look and try to strategically think about what's going to be the thing that's going to motivate people the most. And we've got all these goals for where we want to be. And so what should we preach about that will strategically align us to, no, no, this is not a corporation. This is the house of God. And so what we do is we go before the Lord and we fast and we pray and we ask the spirit of the Lord, what are you speaking to your people? And I believe that we have heard from God for this house and for your family in 2024. So just take a moment, close your eyes, hold out your hands in front of you, just posture your heart to receive. So Father, I just push back, push past any resistance to the prophetic this morning. Lord, we bind every lie of the enemy. We bind any resistance to the prophetic. Father, we we release the gifts of the Holy Spirit today. We release the gift of prophecy this morning. Lord, I pray that you would give us spiritual eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit of God is doing and saying. Pray that you would help our, our hearts to be open to receive the word of the year. And God, teach us how to steward the prophetic. Lord, I lay down performance, comparison, and the need to impress this morning. Lord, I thank you that nobody came to hear me this morning, but we all came to hear you. So let's say it together. Say, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. We don't make room for you this morning. We give you the whole room. Have your way, King Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. 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 Let's go to the uh, turn in your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 7, beginning at verse 24. It says this when John's messengers had gone, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see a reed shaken by the wind? And then did you go out? What then did you go out to see a man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who are dressed in splendid clothing and live in luxury are in king's courts. What then did you go out to see a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet This is he of whom it is written, behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of women, none is greater than John, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. When all the people heard this, and the tax collectors too, they declared God just, having been baptized with the baptism of John. This is the year that he must increase, and we must decrease the word of the year over this church for 2024 is reformation said it earlier but hearing from the lord is a journey and stewarding the prophetic is a journey people often ask how do you hear from the lord they ask me all the time how do you hear i was I was meeting with some pastors a few years ago. It was a moment I won't won't forget. We were just talking and sharing about what the Lord was speaking to us in different areas and ways. And the pastor just stopped and he goes, wow, the Lord really speaks to you, doesn't he? And I thought two things. First, I thought, yes, I'm really grateful that I hear the voice of the Lord. And the second thing I thought was how sad. Because the Lord speaks to all of us. Are you listening to him? Church family, I want to ask you this morning, are you listening to the voice of the Lord? When I was praying about this and thinking about daily encounters, I, I, have, I feel like a lot of us go into our daily encounters with this great pressure to hear the Lord. And we think of daily encounters as sort of our time to line up and receive the orders from God and listen to what he says and then go and do that thing. And sometimes we can go into daily encounters with so much pressure to hear a word. And I want to release you of that pressure. Do you know how I hear from the Lord? I encounter him and I grow in intimacy with him. I've learned him. I love him. I've learned to fall in love with Jesus, to spend time with the king to grow in intimacy and relationship with him. And then he speaks to me when I'm mowing the lawn or vacuuming the floor. Sometimes it said a sitting down, having coffee with somebody. My wife's eyes got big because I don't mow the lawn. I said mowing the lawn, I, 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 when I'm, she looked at me like, don't lie, you got the microphone just sort of came out when i'm doing other things (laughs) you'll be preaching soon i'm gonna get all right but i got the mic now (laughs) when you're having coffee with somebody you're in a conversation and the lord begins to speak why because you've grown in intimacy with him it's not just let me go in my daily encounter. I've got to hear something. I've got to hear something. I've got to hear something. No, grow in intimacy, fall in love with Jesus. Ask the Lord, Lord, give me less of me and more of you. And then you'll hear his voice. He may speak to you when you're picking out what you're going to wear in the morning, may speak to you when you're composing an email for work and something jumps out and you say, hey, that's the Lord. And you learn his voice and the tap of his hand and the whisper of his voice to lead and guide you. you. See, God never wastes anything. And the more you grab a hold of and steward what he says, the more he will speak to you. But when you disregard the words of the Lord, you disregard the prophetic, and you don't steward it, he will stop speaking. He always gives more to the better steward. To the person that stewards well, he gives more to them. And we must steward prophetic words. Listen, last year was the year of dunamis. It was a year to strengthen And fortify. But if you think that strengthening and fortifying is over because it's January, you're sadly mistaken. No, we must continue to steward the prophetic. And last year, I I preached a message at the beginning of the year called Pathway to Dunamis. It was that meekness is pursued, but might is given. And we've been pursuing meekness this year. There were three major things that I felt like the Lord had us pursue last year. The first was meekness. The second was the fight against hesitancy. I began to see it in my own life, and I saw it pop up all throughout the ministry, just this sense of hesitancy. And I even saw it with, with our prayer team or with our ushers where I'd call them up and it'd be like, I don't know, do I go up there? Or do I not? And I realized this isn't just a practical thing. This is a spiritual battle that I feel it within myself, and I see it in other people. There's a hesitancy. There's an intimidation. There's a little bit of fear, and I, we began to attack it in the spirit to preach against hesitancy, to pray against it, to be bold and to be fearless. And little did I know at that moment, at the beginning of the year, it would be to prepare us to be reformers in 2024. Even in my own financial life, I noticed that I was a little little too risk-averse and fearful, fearful about things that the Lord had spoken to us to do. And so before the end of the year, we made it a goal. We said, we are going to break some of this hesitancy off of us before we get into 2024. And we began to make some investments. We close on a house in about 10 days from today. began to push forward in the practical and break change in the spiritual. And then finally, we pursued reverence. Remember at the end of the year, the Lord began to speak to us about a lack of reverence in the house of God, and we pursued reverence. The journey of reformation for Mercy Culture Church began in January of 2022. You heard Cindy Jacobs' voice. She's a prophet to the nations. And she came to Mercy Culture in Fort Worth. Nikki and I happened to be there that Sunday. She began to prophesy, and she said this, I'm going to give you from the Lord. He said, I'm going to give to you a reformation plan, and you will plant with revival, but you will be reformers. In September of 2023, we're at Staff Vision Week. All of the staffs of all the different campuses of Mercy Culture met in Fort Worth. And Pastor Landon in that meeting heard the Lord speak this. He said, the cry of the reformer is John 3.30. He must increase, increase and I must decrease. I want to encourage you after this message, Pastor Landon in Fort, in Fort Worth right now is preaching this same message. He's preaching this message but it'll be a little bit different. So go on YouTube and watch it later on in the week and listen to this podcast from Mercy Culture Waco. And continue to steward these words. And stewardship of the prophetic is not always simple because the enemy will always attack what the word what the Lord is speaking. And it was the end of last or the end of the year, right? After Christmas. And I was so excited to come back and preach this message in January and to come back on January 7th. And the reason is because I was really believing and excited that January 7th would be our first Sunday in the new building. It, obviously, it isn't. I was contending for that. I was believing for that. I was stewarding that word and praying and asking people to pray. And there were some challenges that came up and some different things. And when I got word that we failed an inspection and we weren't able to get in and there were some things that we were going to have to fix, we've been so close for so long. I felt like my legs kind of got knocked out from under me. I'll tell you, I'm in full transparency and vulnerability. This, that was the greatest blow the end of this year. All the challenges, and I'm going to take you through the timeline in a moment of some of the challenges we faced with that building to show you what the Lord will do and what the enemy tries to do. You see, he tried to attack Dunamis at the very last moment. He tried to steal all the strengthening and fortifying that took place in 2023, the last week of the year. And I heard the Lord say, are you going to go into 24 Giving up the strength I gave you in 23. You ever been feeling bad? Feeling down? Feeling a little depressed and the Lord just comes up and just kind of smacks you? (laughs) I love it. Sometimes people have this vision of the Lord and they think that he's like, oh, honey, darling, I just It's okay. You should feel bad. No, somebody's like, suck it up, buttercup. Put your big boy pants on and let's keep it moving. That's what he said to me. That's, that's how he speaks to me. <laughs> See, we began to, this process of purchasing this, purchasing this building over two years ago. Not over, right at two years ago. And after we purchased the building, we found out that several churches had owned this building before us and had attempted to remodel it, and for various reasons, they weren't able to. There were foreclosed on. There were financial improprieties, there was all of these different issues that happened. There's been a spiritual battle over the house of God being established on this property in East Waco for decades. It's been more than 15 years that houses have tried to establish a house of the Lord in that building, and it hasn't happened, but God is doing it now. It's not because we need a church, but because God is establishing the house of the Lord, a place where his presence will dwell and lives will be changed and this region will be forever changed in Jesus' name. We purchased that building in April of 2022. It took us nine months to complete engineering and receive the proper proper permits. There was one issue after the other just to get engineering completed and receive the permits to do one work for nine months not a hammer was swung nothing happened on that property and then after we got in and we got the engineering and we hired all the contractors and we began work we realized that one of the main electrical panels needed to have you know power which is kind of important electricity was was delayed by one year they tell me it was because of covid i think people are just using covid now it's been not now guys it's been three years you can't use covid anymore You know, I feel like you go to the grocery store, they cuss you out. They go, sorry, it's because of COVID. Like, (laughs) we got to keep That's enough. They tell me it was because of COVID. It was a one-year wait. We finally got that panel in. Then one of our main contractors went out of business. I'm telling you. Once in a lifetime, things have happened a bunch of times, and we had to deal with the fallout of that and reorganize and restructure it, hire different people and try to figure out how to navigate through that issue. And then we had an electrical contractor that we've had multiple challenges with. And just before Thanksgiving, we had to make a change. And if any of you have been involved in commercial contracting before, you know that if you have to change your electrical contractor at the end of a job, it's a big deal to file paperwork, and get permits changed, and change things with the city. and We've had spiritual battles. When we finally got electricity on, just a little bit of electricity on in the building, and we began to install the sound system, as soon as we got speakers installed, we started playing worship music. Mercy Culture Worship was playing 24 hours a day. And that first time that it was played on a Monday morning, one of the contractors we were struggling with walks in, and when he hears the worship music, begins to manifest a demon. He starts screaming and yelling and running through the building and runs to the back and starts unplugging wires. Turn the music off. Get the music off. There's a spiritual battle. And we made that transition, and that caused a delay, and then our new electrician began, and he's fantastic. And pray for him. He's a member of Mercy Culture in Waco, and when they walked in, you could feel the shift in the room. They had Mercy Culture shirts on. They said, we've been praying. One of the things we prayed, we said, God, give him supernatural revelation of what to do to move it quickly. And he'd say, I had a dream or I've been praying and I feel like we're supposed to do this. And I called this company and we got this. And so we've seen great movement. But because of some past problems with past contractors, we failed our electrical inspection. And so now we have to wait just a little bit on some product. And it increases the time by about four to six weeks before we can can proceed with the final inspections to move in. And I know I've been saying just a few short weeks. And honestly, we laugh about it here. I was not laughing. I was really not laughing. I was with my family and I come out of the back room after being on the phone. My dad was like, are you going to be okay? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll move to Florida and sell sea on the beach. I don't know. But I could feel that battle the battle from the enemy to give up on the prophetic, on what God has spoken, but we're not giving up. We're right at the end. We're right at the finish line. I'm going to give you some prayer points. Sit down before I run. I want to give you some prayer points. Pray for favor with the city inspectors. Pray for that equipment will come in quickly. Pray that contractors will receive supernatural strategy on how to move forward. And pray no more delays. Say in the name of Jesus. No more delays. You see, as I was praying, as I was, as I was actually whining, let me rephrase that. Don't look at me with judgment. I know y'all whine to the Lord. I was whining and I was complaining to the Lord. And the Lord said, he gave me a new aspect of a definition of an idol. He said, an idol is anything that if it's removed, causes your devotion to me to diminish at all. And I realized that because my expectation wasn't met, my devotion was diminished. My devotion to obedience to the Lord, my devotion for passion for the house of the Lord was diminished even a little bit. I wasn't about to quit, but there was a diminishing of my devotion. And the Lord said, that's an idol. And he spoke to me. and said, you can't be a reformer without total devotion. This is a year your idols have to die. I said, this is a year your idols have to die. Reforming means this. It's the act of improving the existing form or condition of institutions or practices intended to make a striking change for the better in social or political or religious affairs. To reform is to change a thing, a practice, or a doctrine in order to improve and correct it. A simplified definition is this. Reformation is to make wrong things right in God's sight or to bring about righteousness. We see reformation mentioned in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 10. This is Paul writing to the Jewish people who are following Jesus. He is addressing the Old Testament tabernacle for encountering the uh, for encountering God, the reformer, reformation he's speaking about, Jesus making a new covenant are a better way to encounter Him. It says in Hebrews 9:10, "But deal only with food and drink and various washings, regulations for the body imposed until the time of Reformation are a better way, a new covenant. In the Greek, the word reforming is deorthesis, and it means to make straight, a correction, a reform, amendment, improvement. To correct evil, making of a right arrangement, right ordering, a restoration, amendment, bringing right again. Deorthesis is, uh, is found in two words. It is made up of two words. The Greek word dia, which means thoroughly on account of or because of. Root of the English word diameter, which means across to the other side or to go through. And the other Greek word orthos, straight upright or direct Hebrews 12 13 says and make straight paths or orthos for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint but rather be healed simplified it means to make the crooked ways straight we need to understand reformation reformation is the blueprints of heaven Reformation is building life by God's design or God's way. Reformation is when the heart of the Father and the mind of Christ is established in earth. Reformation is when the revival in the church begins to transform the culture outside of the church. Reformation is fueled by holiness. Ah. Holiness is the fuel of Reformation. Listen, before we begin to point fingers at anybody else, the first Reformation of 2024 begins in here. Reformation begins with you. It begins with your life, your mind, your heart. It begins with our family. It begins with our sin, with our finances. It begins with our own community and then goes into the culture. One of the ways that we connect with God that we teach you about in MC Connect is to connect with God through Reformation. And this year, there's going to be some opportunities. I'm so excited. Vision Sunday is January 28th. January is is an amazing month. There's a lot going on this month. But on January 28th, Nikki and I will deliver the vision for Mercy Culture Waco in 2024 and some new initiatives that we are launching. And there's going to be opportunities for you to put feet to the Reformation that God is going to instill within us. And we can connect with God through Reformation. But Reformation has a long and storied history within the church. The greatest reformer of all time is Jesus Christ. and He reformed and gave us a new covenant with the cross. And then we see the birth of the church of Jesus Christ in 33 AD at the the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was released to us. The church is underground and persecuted for many years after that. And then in 380, in the year 380, Christianity becomes the state religion of Rome. And then there is the great schism in 1054, a split between the Catholic church and the Orthodox church. And then we see Luther's 95 theses on the beginning of the Protestant Reformation in the year 1517. Then the Church of England splits from Catholicism as the state religion of England in 1529. Then we see the Puritan Reformation sought to reform the Church of England. This eventually led to many people moving to America for religious freedom in the 1530s. They were known as the Puritans. We see denominations based on theology beginning to emerge after this. From Protestantism came Lutherans and Anglicans and Reformed theology. From Anglicans came Episcopalians and Methodists. And from Methodists came Pentecostals and Charismatics. Or I prefer the term spirit-filled or presence-driven. If you didn't know, that's what we are. And then from Calvinists came Presbyterian and Reformed theology. And then there was the Great Awakening in America in the 1720 through 1745. And then the Azusa Revival that began the Pentecostal denominations that started in Los Angeles in 1906 and went until 1915. And then the charismatic movement that began in the 1960s and continues through now. You see, history remembers the reformers and the future belongs to the reformers. There are five characteristics of a reformer. Number one, reformers are consecrated. Say consecrated. Consecrated Consecrated means to be set apart. In 2 Corinthians 6, 17, it says, Therefore, go out from their midst. Go out from the world and be separate from themselves, the Lord, and touch no unclean thing. Then I will welcome you. This is a moment to be consecrated. I'm going to say it again. I said at the beginning of the message, I'm challenging you to fast. Fast. I'm challenging you to fast something that you don't want to fast. If you want to fast it, that's probably not God. If you think, oh, well, that'll be easy, probably wasn't the Lord. There's one thing that's always great to fast. It's called food. Fast food. Not eat fast food, but. I challenge you to fast. Make it a discipline at the beginning of this year consecrate yourself. Number 2 reformers are people of action. Ah, Jeremiah 26:13 says, "Now reform your ways and your actions and obey the Lord your God. Then the Lord will relent and not bring the disaster he has pronounced against you." Ladies and gentlemen, there is an attack on the actions of Christians. There is attack on the spiritual actions of Christianity. We see this. Every time there's a great disaster, or there's some tragedy that happens in our nation we begin to see in the last few years this phrase emerge among politicians and celebrities and intellectuals they will say this keep your thoughts and prayers we need action in 2019 there was a shooting in el paso and then vice presidential candidate kamala harris wrote a piece in the paper and she the title of her piece was this no more thoughts and prayers we need action there is a spiritual battle against the actions of Christians. Against spiritual action. There's a spiritual battle trying to diminish the spiritual fight that you and I are in. Listen to me and listen closely. Prayer is an action. Ah, I said prayer is an action, fasting is action. Serving is action and giving is action. The Bi- I didn't come up with it. The Bible says it. The Bible says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, will turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. Prayer is action. We got solemn assembly coming up this week as your pastor I am telling you, I don't do this often, be here. 7 p.m. Because we need you here? No. Because I, I don't care if you show up, we care if he shows up. But because you need to put some action to your spiritual life this year. And we need to consecrate ourselves before the Lord at the beginning of this year. Number three, reformers desire to please the Lord. Jeremiah 26, 13 says this, now reform your ways and your actions and obey the Lord your God. Then the Lord will relent and not bring about disaster. He's pronounced against you. That word reform in the Hebrew is the word yatab. And it means to be good, well, glad, or pleasing. Number four, reformers use their influence, their voice, their platform, their resources. You see, dunam has strengthened and fortified your faith. But reformation will help you to live out your faith. Reformers use their influence to stand up against injustice. In Luke chapter 1, verse 18, it says this How can I be sure of this? Zechariah asked the angel. This is when an angel came to John the Baptist's father, Zechariah, who the Bible describes as an old man. And he tells him, I'm going to give you a son. And Zechariah laughed at the angel. Imagine laughing at Gabriel. He laughed and he said, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. Notice he didn't call her old. Zechariah wasn't stupid. In verse 19, it says, I am Gabriel, replied the angel. I stand in the very presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And now you will be silent and unable to speak until the day this comes to pass because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled at their proper time ladies and gentlemen if you don't lose your influ- use your influence you will lose it some of you may say well i don't have much influence i don't have a big platform use the influence that you have over the last couple of years the lord's been teaching me to use and steward my influence and again, I don't have a big platform. I don't have hundreds of thousands of social media followers. And I don't have the audience of governors and presidents. But I'm, I'm asking the Lord, Lord, teach me to use the influence that we do have. And in 2022, we saw this incident that went viral where a drag queen was dancing provocatively and sexually half naked in front of children in the city of Waco while our city police stood by and provided security not to protect the children but protect the man dressed as a woman shaking his privates on two and three-year-old kids in a city park. And we began to speak out about it. I posted about it and called these evils out and asked others to raise their voices. There were other churches. There was one other church in our city that also stood up and spoke out about it. And we received word and people telling us to be quiet and calm down and don't talk too loud. And you better watch out. One of our city council members at the time would wear every, almost every time there was a city council meeting, she would wear a t-shirt that says, Protect Trans Kids. And she was calling for the city of Waco to be an abortion sanctuary city where she asked the city to vote that even if they make abortion outlawed in the state of Texas, we would not enforce those laws in the city of Waco. And she was fighting for unrighteous actions within our city. And we began to pray. We didn't dishonor. We began to pray. Pray for her and pray for reformation to happen in her heart. And the the day after we had focused morning prayer for this specific situation, she got on in the middle of her term and announced on social media that she resigned from the city council and moved to a different state. This past year, we saw our city send out city paid employees with city equipment to film a local business and to put it upon the official city of Waco Instagram and social media accounts encouraging people to go and shop at this business. The moment that I saw it I thought something seems off here and went to their business page and realized it was a store dedicated to witchcraft. It actually said in their store come to our altar, make sacrifices, cast spells, we'll read your tea leaves and cast spells and I used what little influence I have and we began to call it out not in our city not with our money and there was pushback there was there was pushback I got some emails and some phone calls and some some personal meetings and Hey, that's not how we do things and keep your voice down and don't speak too loudly and don't press too much. But I know I fear the Lord more than I fear the government. And we continue to press and then we show up one Thursday afternoon, one Thursday evening to start worship rehearsal. And there was a pig that had been sacrificed at a makeshift altar right outside of this tent by this group of witches. And we just laugh, because this is Texas and we love pork. And the blood of Jesus is certainly more powerful than the blood of some wild hog. Shortly after that, the mayor announced that he would not be running for (laughs) re-election. And that store, that witchcraft store, parted ways with the witch that was a partner and decided to remove witchcraft from their establishment. Right around the same time, a group of people orchestrated a a, a rally in support of Hamas, just days after the violent and horrific attack against Jewish people in Israel. They supported a rally, they, they sponsored a rally in support of Hamas. I saw it happen, I began to call it out, not in our city. We don't stand for this. We're not gonna stand with evil, but we're gonna stand with righteousness and holiness. And we began to call it out, and then they postponed the rally. And then shortly after that, that entire organization disbanded, deleted all of their websites and social media accounts and went away. Listen, use the influence that you have. I'm going to give you some practical advice. Ask the Lord, how can I be a reformer? Ask the Holy Spirit, what is in my hand to use? Number five, reformers are fearless. Reformers, fearlessness gives them a greater authority with greater audiences. As you face the fear that is inevitable to rise up within you, you have to ask yourself this question. What happens if I'm resisted? Listen, you can't begin to build courage when you need it. But you've got to be men and women of courage long before you ever need the courage to stand up. You've got to ask yourself, what happens if I'm resisted? Esther. Chapter four, verse 16 lays it out for us. Esther was queen. She knew that God had placed her in that position for such a time as this, to stand up and to stand in the gap to prevent the king from destroying her people. And verse four, I'm sorry, verse 16 of chapter four says this, "Go, gather all the Jews to be found in Susa." Says Esther, speaking, and hold a fast on my behalf and do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young women will also fast as you do. She was asking her people to fast because she was going before the king and she knew all he had to do was make a look and she would be killed for having the audacity to even ask these questions. And she said this, then I will go to the king, though it is against the law, and if I perish... I perish. You see, reformers are all in no matter the cost. I wanna give you, I'm gonna pastor you in this moment. I'm not asking you, I already asked you, you said yes. I'm gonna pastor you in this moment. There's only been a small portion of our congregation that have been reformers. Uh, There's only been some of us that have been reformers. I heard the Lord so clearly say, Mercy Culture Waco, you cannot rest on the strength of the reformers in Fort Worth. We need reformers in this city to rise up. We need reformers in this city that are ready to be unpopular. We need reformers in this city that are ready to get looks, that are ready to march, that are ready to stand up for righteousness and holiness, even if and when you receive opposition. Are you ready to say, if I perish, I perish. Are we ready to line up with the word of God? To line up with the greatest reformer that was Jesus. His reformation is discussed throughout the gospels. To line up with men like Noah in Genesis 6-9 through who stood up against the evil of his days and began a reformation. Men like Moses in the book of Exodus the 12 judges of Israel, David in the books of 1 and 2 Samuel and Kings and Chronicles, reformers like Elijah in 1 Kings and Esther in the book of Esther and Peter in Romans and Acts and Paul in Acts 1 and 2 and Corinthians and Thessalonians, Philippians, Galatians, Colossians, Philemon, Ephesians, 1 and 2 Timothy, Titus, and Hebrews. People like Mary of Magdala in the Gospels and John the Baptist, the reformer. John had the five characteristics of reformer. The first reference to John the Baptist happens in Matthew chapter 3, verse 1, after the genealogy and the birth story of Jesus. John was the son of Zechariah and Elizabeth, who was a relative of Jesus. The angel Gabriel foretold his birth in Luke 1:13. It says, and the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer have been, have been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. John was to be set apart and to be consecrated. In Luke 1.15, it says this, for he will be great before the Lord and he must not drink wine or strong drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. The Lord is asking us today and in this year as a reformer, what will you give up? How will you consecrate yourself this year? What are the things that were acceptable before but will no longer be acceptable today? Some of you need to say wine and strong drink will not touch my lips. John was filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb. That sort of shatters the woke church's bad theology on abortion, doesn't it? John was a man of wilderness. In Mark chapter 1, 6, it says, Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locust and wild honey. Why? Because John was a wild one. I love how Jesus described John. He said, Who did you go to see? Some man in soft clothes. Ha. Huh. He said, No, you went to see a prophet, a man clothed in camel's hair and ate locusts and wild honey, a man whose eyes burned with the fire of the Holy Spirit, who said what God said and didn't care what you think about it, or you think about it, or the president thinks about it, because he feared the Lord more than he feared man. John was a reformer. He, his message was a message of repentance. In Matthew 3, verse 1 and 2, it says, In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of, Ju- of Judea. What did he preach? Repent! For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Listen, I want to warn you. Stay away from anyone in any ministry that disregards the gospel of repentance. Yeah. John baptized people for what? For the repentance of their sins. John recognized that we are wretched and lowly sinners in need of a spotless lamb, in need of a savior. Anybody that tells you you're wonderful and beautiful and perfect just the way you are and diminishes the sin that is in our lives and the sin that so easily besets us. The Bible says that sin waits like a crouching lion waiting to destroy us. And we have preachers and ministers who are are slowly and lightly tickling our ears and lolling us to sleep to be eaten by the lion of sin. No, reformers preach repentance. John's baptism demands the people either repent or face the coming judgment. A reformation of both heart and life. John prepared the way of the Lord. In Matthew 3.3, for this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. John was frequently associated with another great reformer, Elijah. In Luke chapter 1.17, it says, and he, John, will go before him, In the spirit and the power of Elijah, reformers have the spirit and the power of Elijah to do what? To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. I wish somebody was excited. I wish somebody would get it in your spirit this morning that this is the year that the hearts of the fathers would turn to the children. I wish somebody would wake up to the revelation that this is the year that the disobedient would turn to wisdom of the just. That this is the year that we shall make ready for the Lord a people, what, prepared for his coming. Elijah's ministry ended at the Jordan River and John's began at the Jordan. John was a humble man. In John chapter 3, verses 22 through 30, it talks about John humbly receiving Jesus who came to him and said, I want to baptize. I want you to baptize me. And John said, I could never baptize you. I'm not even worthy to strap your sandals up. How could I baptize Jesus? And he says this, he must increase and I must decrease. Worship team, come up, come up quickly. The heart cry of a reformer is Jesus must increase and I must decrease. John was called the baptizer. John actually baptized Jesus in Matthew chapter 3. Beginning in verse 13, it says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you come to me. But Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then John consented. You see, John's consent to the commandment of Jesus, when he baptized the Lord Jesus the Lord revealed the Trinity through that act of obedience. In Matthew 3, verse 16, it says, And then, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. John the Reformer was the first to announce Jesus as Lord. In John chapter 1, it says, And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. John the Reformer was bold and confrontational. In Luke 3, 7, he said to the religious leaders, the most powerful men at the time, he said, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? produce fruit then in keeping with repentance John was beheaded because of the spirit of Jezebel reformers I want to give you a warning this morning the spirit of Jezebel always resists reformers and reformation some of you are getting a revelation of reformation this morning but others of you have been carrying this for years Some of you have been carrying this revelation of reformer for years. Crystal, it's rested on you your whole life. And the spirit of Jezebel has attacked you from the time I see it as an infant, this spirit come against you. Monique, it's been resting on you your whole life. And the Jezebel spirit has come against you, has even tried to manifest through you. Jezebel always attacks the reformer. Jezebel always attacks reformation. That spirit of Jezebel came against John. Why? Because he called out the sin. You see, John was a humble man. He never claimed to be perfect. As a matter of fact, he said, I'm not worthy to do this. Lord, why would you ask me? Why would you ask me to do it? The year of reformation is not the year that we stand in self-righteousness and we act like we've got it all together and we're perfect and everybody else is messed up. No, we gotta be humble and meek and lowly of heart. We've gotta be like John. who said, I'm not even worthy, but, but oh God, I will say what you want me to say and I will stand up against the evil and I will even speak to the king. You are operating in immorality. And that spirit of Jezebel that rested on the king's wife came against John and said, I want his head on a platter. I'd rather my family mourn the death of an obedient and fearless man of God than grow old with a coward. Back to our story in Luke chapter seven. This is the story of Jesus and John the Baptist. John is in prison. He sends his disciples to Jesus. Jesus just begins to reflect on his encounters that he's had with John. And we see in the scripture that John's encounters with Jesus Reflect the encounters that you can expect to have as a reformer with Jesus. There are three encounters that reformers will have with Jesus. The Lord spoke to me and said, this will be a year marked by these three encounters with the Lord. Come on, receive it right now. Receive it, receive it. This will be a year marked by these encounters with the Lord. First encounter John had is an encounter in the womb the place of intimacy the Bible says in Luke 1 through 40 that Elizabeth went to visit her cousin Mary I'm sorry Mary went to visit her cousin Elizabeth and when Mary spoke and cried out to Elizabeth the Bible says that John leapt in his mother's womb that place of intimacy And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and she told Mary, ah, at the voice of the mother of my Savior, my child leapt for joy. You will have encounters in the womb, the place of intimacy with Jesus. Second is the water, a place of glory. We've been stewarding for over a year the word that we would go from a tent of meeting to a house of glory. These last couple of weeks, the Lord has been giving me greater and greater revelation of what that means. I'm excited to deliver that word next Sunday to you. And some prophecy specifically for Waco, Texas, and for your family. But John had these encounters in the water, the place of glory. Matthew 3, 13 through 16 says this. In verse 16 it says, And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And John saw the Spirit of God. So be a year that we see the Spirit of God, a place of glory. And thirdly, if you've been around mercy culture at all, for any length of time these last few weeks and months, really these last few months, you've heard me say repeatedly, in private with my family and staff meetings and serve team meetings and sermons, I've said, I feel persecution coming. I have the same feeling today that I had in 2019. The Lord told me at the beginning of 2019, the joy of the Lord 2019 is a year of joy. The joy of the Lord will be your strength because in 2020, you're going to need strength. And I had no idea what it meant. I thought it had to do with politics. I was wrong. The world fell apart. And I'm not saying this to bring fear. I'm saying it to bring awareness. John encountered the Lord in the prison, in the place of tyranny and persecution. Family reformers don't escape persecution. <laughs> reformers encounter God in the midst of it. Reformers count it all joy. Reformers are like Stephen, as, as they were carrying him outside of the city to stone him to death. He said, oh, what an honor stephen knelt before his murderers in his last words he said he said lord don't count this sin against them he was being stoned to death by murderers and this great reformer said lord don't count this sin against them and he looked up to the heavens and the bible says that he saw the glory of the lord in the midst of persecution Luke chapter seven, verse 28. Jesus is talking about the reformer, John, and he says, there's no person greater than this John, but the one who is least in the kingdom is greater than he. The least in the kingdom means the least in heaven is greater than the greatest on earth. You see, reformers are heaven-minded. Reformers are not building our own agenda, are not building our own purpose, but are building the blueprints of heaven. Reformers lay down everything, all of our ambition. Say, what is the blueprints of heaven? John chapter three, verse 30. Let's stand to our feet and say it together. Lift up your hands, say, he must increase, but I must decrease. Come on, cry out to the Lord, say, Jesus, increase, and I must decrease. He must increase, and I must decrease. The greatest desire for a reformer is for people to encounter less of us and more of Jesus. Come on, just lift up your hands and ask the Lord, say, give me the power. Come on, lift up your hands. Throw both of your hands up in the air in an act of surrender and ask the Lord, God, would you give me the mantle of a reformer? Come on, ask him. Ask him, cry out to him. Say, Lord, would you give me the mantle of a reformer? Father, first and foremost, would you reform my own heart? Come on, close your eyes and ask the Lord, reveal the sin in my life. Come on, ask the Holy Spirit, reveal the areas of myself that need to be reformed. What are you asking me to lay down this year? What are you asking me to consecrate before you this year? Oh God, would you give us the heart of reformers? Would you reform our church and our families? Would you make us men and women of holiness and righteousness? Will you make us men and women of character, of reverence and awe and wonder that we don't take you for granted, that we don't take encounters with you flippantly, but that we tremble in the fear of the Lord and we
1: say, if I perish, I perish. If I perish, I perish. If I perish,
0: I perish. tell them God if you want that thing in my life to perish then take it if you want that thing that I've exalted as an idol that thing that I've said there's no way I can let go of that thing there's
1: no way God if I perish I perish make me an Esther to the nations come on cry out make us Esther's make us John's make us Esther's
0: make us reformers my spirit something strange i kept seeing personality tests Enneagram and whatever, all these personality tests. And I could hear, I could hear our internal voices saying, that's just not me. That's just not my personality. I'm just not bold. I'm not like John the Baptist. I'm just not that way. And I don't think like that. And I like to please people, and I just want to get along. And I really love that group of moms that I meet with for play dates. And I really need those men at my job to like me. And I gotta, I've got a network, and and I really want to run for office one day, and I gotta be careful because I need the people in politics to have favor on me and i heard the lord say are you willing to perish are you willing to perish to your enneagram type are you willing to perish to your personality type are you willing to say i'm just like esther god has called me for such a time as this and if i
1: perish i perish Ha! Uh-huh.
0: City that have been searching and looking, looking for a place to stand up, looking for a people to cry loud and spare not, looking for something that will cry out for righteousness. You see, they thought they were looking to be pleased. They thought they were looking for their flesh to be placated. They thought they were looking for someplace to make them feel better, but they've been crying out and searching for something different, for righteousness, for holiness, for fearless people. And we declare in the name of Jesus, every Esther in this city, arise from your sleep. Arise from your slumber. Wake up. Wake up. Wake Wake up! up, Wake Wake up! up. The day of the Lord is here! Wake
1: Wake Wake up! Wake up, wake up!
0: i'm asking nobody to leave nobody to move around put up on the screens the prayer of reformation we're going to pray this come on lift your hands and receive lord i ask you to reform any crooked ways within me i seek heaven's blueprint and ask for your heart and your mind in all things i pray less of me and more of you i want what you want show me what pleases you let your will be done say it say if i perish i perish perish. but i will make straight the way of the lord lord you are holy make me holy i pray for revival and
1: reformation in my family in my city in my state in america in the nations, in Jesus' name, name. Amen.
0: amen. I know we're over time and I don't care. It's not possible for me to care less. Nobody moving around. If I were you, I would wait and I would steward the prophetic that's about to be released. Don't move around. This is not a time to joke, to play, to talk. It's a time to focus on, get into a posture to receive. There's some things that the Lord has spoken over Mercy Culture Church. And I'm gonna release these prophetic words this morning and we're gonna steward these words this year. It's gonna be on all of our social media platforms. It's gonna be emailed to you. Print them up, screenshot them, pray this prayer of reformation daily. Over your family, steward the prophetic words that are being released today and next week. These are corporate words that can become personal words when you grab a hold of them. Remember that prophecy is not a guarantee. It is an invitation to partner with the perfect will of God. Respond and receive like you were being called out personally. Now I submit these words to you as your pastor this morning for you to steward and to steward well. The Lord says, this is the year of reformation. This is a year that he increases and we decrease. This is a year you begin to really want what he wants. This is a year that what he wants becomes more valuable than what we want. Matthew 13, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. This year you become more kingdom and heavenly minded than you are earthly minded. In Matthew 7:33. but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. This is a year you become more spiritually sensitive. This is the year of heaven's blueprints and strategies. We were building the stage months ago in, Mer- in the sanctuary, right? Through those doors, we were building our stage and the, the bottom of the stage had just been framed out. And I actually wasn't even in the building yet. I was on my way up there. And Pastor Landon was driving through town and stopped by and the stage was way too long, way too big. And he'd gone way out into the sanctuary. We wouldn't have any altar space and we know we need altar space us crazy charismatics we need some altar space and he looked at it and he said we got to we got he calls me he's like hey before they get too busy can don't you think we should I was like yes you showed me a picture we got to move that back and so let's move it and when he was standing there he heard the Lord say this is going to be a year where it's not too late to change the course Some of you have built your families in a way and you look at it and you say, it's too late. Too much of the foundation has already been laid. This is a year that it's not too late to change course. It is not too late to build it God's way. The Lord has invited you to ask him for wisdom. Lift your hands and say, Lord, would you give me wisdom? It's an invitation that the Lord delights in. James chapter 1 verse 5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Foolishness be gone. Jesus, would you give us wisdom? This is a year of heavenly strategies. Heaven's blueprints are available to you. We've been stewarding the building of the Justice Residence for over two years. There's been every spiritual battle possible in Fort Worth. The Justice Reform, a housed vision of Mercy Culture Church is working to build a residence, the largest long-term residence for women rescued out of the sex trafficking industry in the United States of America on the property in Fort Worth. It's a multi-million dollar project, we were done. We had all of the blueprints planned and finished, ready to submit to the city. And I was in Fort Worth sitting on the front row and I had a vision. And I saw the blueprints for that justice residence laid out on a table and the hand of the Lord. Reach off, take the blueprints and wad it up and throw it away. And with fear and trembling, I went to Pastor Heather, who's heading up this project. I go, um... This is a vision that I had. She goes, in between services, let's talk. And we are in the green room. She goes, now tell me exactly what you saw. she was like, what? A few months go by and we were finding it more and more difficult to get approval. And we were in a justice reform board meeting and one of the people stood up and said, ah, we're not building an apartment complex. We're building a house of the Lord. And we took the plans that we had and we threw them away and we reorganized all of the plans around a meeting place for God. And God gave us heaven's blueprints and heaven's strategy that made it impossible for the city to tell us no. This is the year that God's gonna give you heaven's blueprints. We saw a vision of baskets of scrolls. They were the blueprints of heaven. And the Lord has them waiting to give to you. I heard in my spirit, it's a year to get healthy. We heard the word order, a heavenly order in your home, in your health, in your eating, in your medication. Pastor Landon had a vision of you reaching into a cupboard to pull out medications. And the Lord said, no, no, not that one. A year of order in your finances and in your thought life. It's gonna be a Genesis 30 kind of year where Jesus, where where the Spirit of the Lord gave to Jacob. He gave him a financial strategy. Read Genesis chapter 30. He gave him a strategy that caused Jacob's flocks to flourish when everybody else's flocks were diminishing. When all of the world was in the middle of economic turmoil, God gave Jacob heaven's blueprints and his finances flourished. I'm going to give you a warning this morning. Listen, listen. Stop listening to the false prophets of the media. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, it says this. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. The men's 40 days of prayer that we had at the end of last year was the beginning of the establishment of order. Men, lift up your hands. Men, lift up your hands. God is asking men to lead in their homes, to lead in your workplace, and to lead in this church. Come on, women, if you're standing next you, stretch your hands. If you're married, put your hands on them. If you're not, stretch your hands out. Come on, we declare in the name of Jesus that the men of this house will lead. They will spiritually lead. God, you are calling the men to rise up. They will lead in their families. Some of them haven't been leading well in their families. I hear the Lord say it's not too late to build it God's way. They will lead in their families. They will lead in their workplaces. There'll be no fear to spiritually lead and lead with strength where you work. And they will lead in this church. This will be a house filled with strong men and leaders. So we come against the feminization of men in the church today. God is raising up strong and masculine men and leaders who have been mantled by God to spiritually lead in this house. I declare that Mercy Culture Waco will be known for the strength of the men of this house. We declare the women will no longer be the ones that are spiritually leading alone. We declare that the women will no longer be the only ones that are called to intercessory prayer, that are called to fast, that are called to grab the horns of the altars. Our children won't just remember a praying mother and grandmother. No, our children will remember a praying father and grandfather who spiritually lead in the name of Jesus. This is a year of spiritual growth. Everybody receive. You will spiritually grow this year. Say, I will. I will spiritually grow this year everyone say everyone will pick up the mantle of reformation I want you to reach down in the spirit just pick it up pick up the mantle, and put it on come on just clothe yourself with the reformation ask the Lord begin to pray in the Holy Spirit if you don't have the gift of speaking in other tongues God I pray that you would give them the gift right now that you would supernaturally in this moment Baptize people in the gift of the Holy Spirit. We're not prophesying in tongues. We're praying in our heavenly language, the mysteries of heaven. Jesus, would you clothe us with the mantle of reformation? Come on, don't stop praying. Don't stop praying clothe us with the mantle of reformation this is the year that everyone will be reforming that everyone will be reforming this year come on say we give God our yes God I give you my yes this morning your yes will make you a conduit of fire, like Elijah on Mount Carmel in First Kings chapter 18. Ah, uh, we heard the Lord say there have been things you have said no to, and things you have been afraid to even bring up to the Lord because you have been fearful of what he might say. I'll give you a warning. Stop. Telling God, no. That is not the way to find his favor. This is a year that you begin to find his favor. Come on, let's declare it. I will find the favor of the Lord this year. This is a year that you pass the test tests and temptations of the enemy and tests of promotions of the Lord. This is a year you will pass the tests. I heard it is a season of promotion. It is a year to become trustworthy to God. This is the year he begins to trust you with more. Some of you have had just enough but the Lord says, this is the year he trusts you with more. This is a year he will make you holy. I'll ask him, say, make me holy. I heard this phrase, you will be 100% holy. The a reformation of holiness is coming to the church of Jesus Christ. A reformation of holiness is coming. Before we stand in pulpits and in our office and call out the evils in others, we will remove the plank from our own eyes. This is a year of the reformation of holiness within the church. Playing games in the house of God have come to an end. We're not here to entertain you. We're not here to play games. We're not here to put on a show. We're not here to tickle your ears. We're not here to have great music and make you feel something. And you've been entertained and watched your little program and gone home. This is a year of the reformation of the holiness of the church of Jesus Christ. This is a year of consecration and this consecration will cause a holy disruption to your life. Life's normal patterns will be disrupted by the setting yourself apart. And Luke chapter one, verse 15 says, he must not drink wine or strong drink and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's room. I saw consecrations, some of them were 21 days and some of them were 40 days. Some of them were seasonal and some of them are for the entire year. I, as your pastor, am calling you to the first one, 21-day consecration. The Lord told me to make it 40 for me, but I'm calling you to the first, to 21. I'm not asking you to ask the Lord. I'm telling you the Lord has spoken. Consecrate yourself to the Lord but the rest you will call yourself to these seasons of, conf- of consecration as the Lord speaks. I saw the Lord giving you blueprints as you set yourself apart. Come on, don't get tired, continue to receive. I saw selfishness shaken off of you. I want you right now, I saw this in my spirit, just begin to physically shake it off, dust off selfishness. Come on, just dust it off, dust it off, dust it off. Some of you have had selfishness, residues of selfishness that have remained on you since a child, since you were a child. You have childish selfishness that has rested upon you. Come on, dust it off, no more selfishness. I saw offenses breaking off of you this year. I said, I saw offenses breaking off of you this year. Some of you have been offended with your mother, with your father. You've been offended with a sister, a brother, a friend, an acquaintance. You've been offended with an ex-boss. You've been offended with a friend from childhood. There's been offense and I heard in my spirit, it's breaking off of you once and for all. Say once and for all. You will become spiritually sensitive, sensitive to offense this year. I saw offense coming for you and you could see it from a long way off and your spiritual sensitivity never allowed it to get even close to your heart this year. I heard in my spirit that this year persecution is coming. I said it earlier, I have the same feeling I had in 2019, not a feeling of fear, but a feeling of readiness. I heard the Lord say, the escape of persecution is His embrace. The Lord said, there is joy in his embrace. We heard the Lord say, I'm protecting my people like Israel in Egypt in the book of Exodus. And we will see glimpses of glory. Just like Stephen looked up to the heavenlies in the greatest moment of his persecution. And he saw Jesus in all of his glory. We will see glimpses of glory. Saw tears of persecution revealing the glory of God. Ah, I love this. The Lord said, There will be mass and spontaneous baptisms this year. You will do the baptisms. Oh, it got quiet. I said, You will do the baptisms. You are the reformer, so lift up your hands. As your pastor, I commission you. I commission you to baptize the lost into new life. Some of you are gonna baptize in your hot tub, in your swimming pool. You're gonna baptize in your bathtub. I even, right now, I saw some of you going to Walmart and getting one of those little plastic or blow up pools, ready to fill it up and baptize commission you to baptize this year the lost into new life oh this is the year that what the enemy meant for evil god will turn around for your good ah now get ready to rejoice this is the year that we will bite off more than we can chew Pastor Landon saw this vision as we were praying together last night. And he saw a child on his first birthday sitting at a table with this birthday cake in front of him. And he just put his face into that cake and began to eat. Covered in chocolate and icing all over. The Lord said, oh, he's biting off more than he can chew. The Lord is going to give us more than you can even eat. More than you can handle. As a church, he's going to give us more than we can handle. We're going to bite off more than we can chew. Come on, rejoice in the word of the Lord this year.
1: Give us more. Oh, ask the Lord, would you trust us, us with us more? Us more? Would you trust us with more? Oh, less of us and more of you. Less of us and more of you. Less of us and more of you. Will you trust us with more? Come on, ask him, ask him, ask him, more. I just heard the Lord say, get your, get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. Some of you have been hopeless. You've been afraid to hope
0: again. The Lord says, get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. Lift up your hand. Get your hopes up. I
1: bow. Get your hopes up. Don't be afraid to hope again again to faith again to have stupid crazy ridiculous get your hopes up unreasonable faith get your hopes up get your hopes up